Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. I'm your host, Matt. And today, <laughs> I have some unscripted um, things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, let's dive right into it. Since you're here, you've got your headphones in. You're in a spot where you're going to listen, and it's going to be great. Here we go. Have you heard the term, oh, just follow your heart? You know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Um, I wanted to dive into what that meant exactly and what kind of life that gives you. I'm looking at Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, your heart's inside you. You can't be led by it. It's not something outside up there with the carrot that's making you draw that you have desires and you have things and you have goals and you have those kinds of things. But to follow your heart, it's desperately wicked. Who, who can know the heart that you, you, the Proverbs say that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. The, the desires and the things that you have, if they're not checked, if they're not right, they are not very good for you. Uh, it's such a saddening thing that we have these phrases in today's society that sound really great. Oh, just follow your heart. You know, things will work out. It'll be fine. And they're, they're so hollow. They're so empty. And yet we take them as face value, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am supposed to follow my heart because it'll lead me to great things and life will be good and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, um, no, that's, that's not really how it goes. You, you, there is a way that seems right to a man. It seems right, but it'll end in death. You, you don't know where that will take you. Is your heart even going in a good direction for you to be able to follow it? It says it's desperately wicked. It's, it's got stuff in there that's meshed in and meddled in with it that it's polluting it. It's, it's not good. Let's break this down. You are three different things. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Those are the three elements that make you up. The real you is the, the spirit, is the eternal being that God has made in his image and in his likeness. When you're a Christian, that gets regenerated and made alive. So you have a spirit. You are a spirit, excuse me. You, you have a soul. You, you possess a soul. That is your mind, your will, your emotions. That's your intellect. That's your, your brain. Um, the, the mental capacity that you have to make decisions. And your body is your physical body. It's the house that you live in. It's your, um, your residence while you're alive on the earth because then when you die, you get put in the ground. Your body does at least. So when you are not a Christian, you're living mainly out of your, eh, your body, essentially, to get by and to do your life and to do the things that will give you pleasure and good things, and that's what you hope for in every, you know, the good American dream and such things. Your mind plays a part of that, and it's um, making decisions that will lean more on the body side. Oh, this will this will bring me, I want comfy, I want a life of ease, I want all of these things, and just follow your heart, and just do the things that you think will be best for you, and in the end, it leads to death. It, there, it's, not, it's not the best kind of life. 
I wanted to read some stuff out of Romans, if I may. For those who live according to the flesh, this is Romans 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is, oh, death. But to be spiritually minded is life, ooh, and peace. Check that out. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But now you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's go back to our analogy, or not analogy, but the truth of who you are. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And you make these decisions, as you're not a Christian, that will sway toward the body. It's like your mind is this gate that can pick either the body or it can pick the spirit. It's standing in the middle. And whatever influences and whatever pipes up the most is what the mind chooses to do. I want a nice comfy bed. I want these things. I need to eat things. The brain goes, okay, yeah, well, well, let me get those for you. And over here, you got the spirit who's like, hey, remember that life and peace bit? Like if we're led by the spirit of God, we are the sons of God. If we have the spirit of God living in us, that if we put to death the misdeeds of the body, like let's, let's say to no, no to those, not that they're bad and wrong, because there are certain things that you need as what the body needs. It needs sleep. It needs food. It needs to work. It needs to do all the things. Let's not put the body above where the spirit is because the spirit's over here saying, hey, I've got some great things that I want to do. Will you choose me? And when you get reborn, this is very important. When you get reborn as a Christian, your spirit is made alive. It is perfect. It's holy. It's the way that God sees you as righteous and holy and great and all the things like Jesus. Your soul, however, your mind, your will, and emotions is not saved. There are no perfect Christians. There are only Christians who are working out their salvation with fear and trembling. They are learning how to act like Jesus on the earth. That means that they will choose the spirit, but they will also occasionally, yes, choose the flesh. A phrase that, uh, I don't really much care for is, and I think I talked about this in one of my previous episodes, is sinners saved by grace. Okay, that's, eh, it's accurate. You were a sinner. Now you are saved by grace. You were one thing, but now you are another. You are essentially now a saint. You can't be one, or you can't mesh the two. You can't put sinner and saved by grace side by side and be like, that's what you are. A caterpillar goes into a cocoon and it comes out a butterfly, something completely different. 
That is the way God sees you. He does not see you as a sinner saved by grace. He sees you as saved by grace. You are a saint. Your spirit has been made alive by him. And now he wants you to pick the spirit. Not to say that the flesh gets nothing, but he wants you to live that kind of way. I noticed in that verse, it's talked about to be carnally minded and to be spiritually minded. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The more that we can choose the spirit in our lives is the more life we will have and the more peace we will have. If you don't believe me, try it. Think carnally, think selfishly, think all the things that you want for yourself. The heart is desperately wicked and (laughs) deceitful. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is death. Think all those things and see how good your life can be. But then when you shift over and you realize that God has so much more for you in life that he wants you to choose his way, the, the, the best, the first, every time can I submit my life to what God says I should do and choose the spirit over the flesh, there will be life, there will be peace, there will be blessing To be spiritually minded is life and peace. I can't trust myself with my life because I don't know which way to go and what to do. But if I'm led by the Spirit of God, I am the Son of God. I get to walk in the footsteps of the path that God has laid out for me. And that is so encouraging. He has a destination for me. He has things that I get to do along the way. There's life and there's peace. And I love that verse. So I can't follow my heart, but I can follow God's heart for sure. That's the way to enjoy this life. It isn't so much about following all the rules and check all the boxes so that, hey God, I went to church and I did all the things. It comes from a heart of obedience. It really does. God is, I had this thought the other day that my life is not my own. Like it actually isn't mine. God is redeemed me and saved me for a purpose. I was drowning and he threw me a uh, life ring, lifesaver, and I'm indebted to him. Like, oh my gosh, to, to tell me what, how can I, how can I repay almost this? It's, you can't repay God for what he's done in your life, but out of a life, uh, out of, excuse me, <clears throat> out of gratitude, You want to do all the things that you can to show your gratitude and your love toward God. You have saved my life and I will serve you. I'm, I'm forever indebted to you. Um, that kind of mentality and that kind of thing. And I believe that is where life happens. Sometimes as a Christian, yes, you, you do miss it but you repent and you get back up and you don't let it weigh you down. My coach tells me, if you justify it, you will repeat it. If you interrupt it, you will stop it. And that rocked my world so hard because I was like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. All the things that I, I couldn't get over, I had to look at again and I was justifying it. Like, oh no, this will be fine. I can do 
I can do this. God's, God still loves me. God still has grace for me. Um, yes. Mm, yes, he does. He won't ever stop loving you. His grace is sufficient. He will always be merciful and graceful to you. He will never be angry. He will never be upset. He will never hold your sin against you. But on the flip side of it, because there's so much grace, because he's already laid out everything and what to do in the word, can't we live that way? In a couple previous chapters, Paul is talking about uh, what, what should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Uh, by no means we died to sin. Like when our, our body is alive because of righteousness, our spirit is alive because of righteousness, but our body is dead because of sin. We shouldn't be living our life to please ourselves and our sinful nature. We should be living our life to please God and using our body and our vessel and our, our soul to praise God and to give him glory. I really admire people who know what their faults are and know what their hangups are, and they rely so hard on God's grace. They don't justify anything. They interrupt the things because over time, you begin to change. You begin to not justify something. No, I can't do that. I'm going to interrupt that right now and do something else. It's not as easy as that, because, oh my gosh, there are some struggles and there are some things that get right on top of you. And you're like, oh my gosh, what? oh my gosh, what do I do? And you remember that God has a way. There's a way out of temptation. God, in his mercy and his grace, has things lined up for you. There's lessons that you learn through temptation and through trials and through all the stuff that, guys, this life can get so crazy oh my gosh, if I were to sit down with you and listen to some of the stories and some of the things that you've been through, it's crazy. There's a way that we can live, though, with life and peace when we're spiritually minded, when we're thinking about the destination that God has for us and whatever we're going up against. If we can be in control of our actions and our attitudes and let God do the rest of what he does in our life, that our lives are not our own, we've been bought with a price, that God loves us and he has such a great plan for us. Man, I'm, I'm experiencing that in my life right now with, with purpose and with satisfaction and with how happy I am and with joy. I love the life that God has given me and it's not my own. I, every day I'm like, oh man, it's, this isn't about me. I need to be thinking about how I can serve God better. Anyway, I wanted to encourage you guys to think about how can you start living your life in a way that will honor God, that will be good, that will be spiritually minded, because it's life and peace. You can put the two to the test and see the difference. If you live to please yourself, you'll get some satisfaction. You'll, you'll get a temporary oh, I bought a new car and I did this and this. And you, you have some addictions and some hangups and things that you are, have been justifying. But then on the flip side of it, when you understand that God has a prescribed way of living that is a life of life and peace and all the things that he has planned for you, when you tap into being spiritually minded, you'll have life and you'll have peace. Anyway, 
This is Matt with Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. Thank you for joining me today on this little rant of mine. I hope that it has helped you. I hope it encourages you. God loves you, and he made you very special. To borrow a line from VeggieTales, we will talk again next time. Until then, be blessed.